Well, now, James, they've changed the regulations concerning the air boxes and the wings, and yet you're still extremely fast. How do you do it? Big balls. And welcome back to the hot lap. Arguably more hotter than the Canadian Grand Prix. Arguably, between myself and Alex, more personality, more going on than the current F1 season, Alex. It was dire, wasn't it? Well, to be honest, it was quite an exciting race in terms of uh, your man Vettel coming coming back from the field after a disastrous qualifying, not his fault. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, for Canada, it was, I think dire is probably the best word to describe it. Yeah. yeah I think, like you say, for Canada, I mean, we know we've had a lot more boring races, haven't we? But for Canada, that should have been a lot better. Long straight. Well, we'll discuss that. We'll discuss various points of why Canada was probably dull. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, yes, absolutely. I, I mean, b- before we get into the Canadian Grand Prix, the, the big debate really has been F1 as a whole. Is it is it dull? Does it need changing, etc.? I mean, I mean, there was a ma- there did seem to be a massive media backlash after the Canadian Grand Prix. Now, between the two of us, I've always seen you as the more level-headed man. Level-headed man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. What's your opinion on it? I'm keen. I'm keen to get your opinion on the state of Formula One at the moment. Uh, they changed the rules too many times, yep. too often, and that and because of that, you then have these big gaps in between teams. I.e., it's either Red Bull or it's Mercedes, etc. And because of these massive gaps that go on, you wouldn't you struggle to find these close championships. If 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 Mercedes was pegged back by a second. Yep. You'd have something different going on, wouldn't you? Yeah, you would. I mean, yeah. Essentially, I can I can I completely agree. You would. Um and uh, the most frustrating thing I find, I completely agree with your rule change and it's up there, is the fact that um and I I, I think we were talking about it earlier today. Before the Grand Prix even starts, obviously the news coming out of Alonso's got a penalty or so, so might have, an, have a penalty. And, you know, and even after qualifying sometimes, you won't even know the proper grid until a couple of hours after. And I've always felt that's a detriment to the actual sport itself. As funny as it was for Vettel to get a penalty uh, for me, because, you know, I'm not, I'm not a Vettel fan, but I did think it was unfair. I mean, Vettel had already been uh, kind of punished, really, essentially, yeah. um, by, by, by his engine. And... And the fact with all these silly engine penalties and things like that, it it didn't happen really in the late nineties, eighties, or early two thousands. And uh, you know, I see that as almost the golden age of form or Formula One for for our childhood. You know, like the late eighties, early nineties, and the, the you know Schumacher yeah. up and up and coming. And I can't remember. I'm being. I am a Hamilton fan. I want him to win, but I can't remember being this bored even in the Schumacher era. I. I and even without DRS, F1 still seemed to be, apart from maybe 2004 and 2002, but apart from those two years, but F1 seemed to be more exciting. I don't know. Well, I mean, am, am I being rose-tinted glasses too much? No, I mean, you know, let's let's look. Yeah, but Michael, <laughs> yeah. Best, Michael ran away with it, you know, back in... Back in the early 2000s, and yeah, people said it was boring and everything like that. Close behind, though, it was sort of a bit all over the place, you know, and we had some good races. It wasn't... You're right, but there was only two years where he ran away with it and was completely dominant. I mean, 2002, 2004, even 2001, when he won it quite early on, I mean, there were still other people winning races. Yeah. But I think things have now just got almost, like, too complicated, it feels. Like, back in the day when it was simple... And now it's all based around, obviously, all the technology and the engine changes and everything. And now, like you say, each race, and I, th- and I fear that it's from sort of Austria onwards, that we're looking at grids that are not necessarily going to be based on speed of cars, but more about the reliability of cars. Um, you know, Grosjean, for example, uh, will be also getting a, a grid penalty for what he did. Um, and we'll obviously go on to discuss uh, McLaren in a bit. But, you know, you're not yeah. looking at a out-and-out fastest car. Oh, look, it's the top 10. It could be like, oh, that's the top 10, but let's wait an hour or so because people might be changing stuff or they've got penalties from the last race. And it just 
almost becomes a bit you never quite know exactly the final grid it's just getting a bit all stupid really it is i mean i mean and it is i mean you take for example take the take um, you know the young Alex or James from uh, you know the year two thousand. Let's say one of my favourite years in terms of um, you know we had, we had like McLaren winning, obviously uh, Ferrari winning, and we had quite good races, right? Um, I think you know Schumacher won for the first time in Ferrari. You you take those people that are fans and put them and suddenly plonk them in front of today's Formula One, they wouldn't know what the hell's. They, you'd be scratch, they'd be scratching their head, completely confused. I think a lot of the time, wouldn't they? So much yeah. has changed, and not not necessarily for the better. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, but but, yeah. There, but there we go. Potentially a sorry state of affairs. The 2017 changes potentially couldn't come soon enough for for some people. However, they have to be the right changes, and that's the big concern. I just, you've just got to have a steering group, haven't you? That's set out by F1 and not so much Bernie. Yeah, and and do you feel the teams have too much power and too much say in the rules, or do you, do you think do, do you, because you know they can't come to a decision, or do you think it's about right, or in regards to what the who who controls it? No, they all control it, but the fact that the, I mean the, the the teams, do you think the teams have too much say in the, in the, the current rules of Formula One? You know, I mean, it was their agreement along with the FIA to have these new engines, which ended up being potentially a mistake. Um, and things like that. They've said no to the refueling, which looks like it. Back in Max Mosley's day, not that I particularly like the bloke. However, if, if they wanted a rule change, the teams really didn't have a say at all, and it, it went ahead anyway. If mm. you remember, like how unpopular the groove tyres were, for example. Mm. Yeah, I mean, they, I guess, poten- potentially know why things aren't working so well, um, but then. You've then got to make sure that everyone is is in agreement. That's true. I mean, yeah, and, and that's the difficulty. That's true. That's true. Well, I mean, there we go. And anyway, I guess onwards to the uh, the slightly lackluster Canadian Grand Prix. So, Lewis Hamilton won again. Surprise. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did you did you turn this race off at any point? I know. I know. I know. Sometimes when it's getting quite boring. You are. You normally end up doing something else with the TV I, on in the background. Yeah, I think I may have walked out a couple, um, towards the sort of the last period of the race um, to do various uh, chores and things like that. Speak to the wife. Um, I, yeah, I, I think it just got certainly towards the end once Vettel had cleared, you know, and all that kind of thing. It was just that. That's for me. It was towards the end of the race that I uh, started to lose concentration. Yeah, I mean, other than better, I mean, Massa had a, yeah, a couple of fantastic moves, wasn't it? Um, I think uh, during the race, and so and so did Vettel. You know, two of the two of the stars of the race. Yeah. Um, Rosberg got close, but never looked like beating Hamilton at any point. Raikkonen, unfortunately, never looked like getting near the Mercedes, where we kind of hoped he would do. Yeah. And ended up making, and after he made that, well, it wasn't really him making that mistake at the hairpin. Um, it, it was, uh, I think, something to do with the engine, wasn't it? Or the MCU? or uh, like that. That's what was supposedly said, that it gave a lot of surge on power, didn't it, or something? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Riken is no Muppet, is he? I mean, I don't think, you know, he wouldn't be doing something like that on purpose. Yeah. Or even by accident. Um, so, so, yeah, Hamilton obviously wins, Rosberg second. Bottas kind of defaulted into third. A really, really solid, solid race, but... It was really, I felt, Ferrari losing third rather than Bottas winning third. Yeah? I think so. Yeah? Yeah, because had it not been for Raikkonen's mistake and etc. I mean, that Ferrari uh, was, is, faster than, is faster than the Williams. Yeah. Bottas didn't, you know, didn't, wasn't, yeah, I, that's, that's how I, I honestly felt that it was Ferrari's podium and they just handed it to Williams rather than Williams outright, you know, completely mm-hmm. earning it. But Well, had Vettel... Um, not been at the back, I don't think we would have seen Bottas third. Oh no, it, it probably would have been Vettel third. I mean, yeah, you're right. And and, and let, let's talk about Sebastian. I mean, the the, the engine problem in in qualifying, yeah, which was a which was a shocker, obviously, to have him out. And then he had the penalty, and and then he he had you know, I've always said Vettel was not particularly great at overtaking, and he, fair enough. He did. He did make a couple of boo boos. Let's say mm-hmm. uh, it made it difficult. Difficult getting past Fernando Alonso, but you can't take away from him. He pretty much started right at the back of the grid, and he finished fifth. Uh, four seconds 
well, four point two to be exact, behind his teammate. I mean, good job. Do you think or? I think, given, given that the only real part of the track I think you can pass on is coming onto the tight right hand hairpin and the end of the uh, straight. Yeah. You know, you're going to get yourself caught up in a lot of traffic, and you know he's. I suppose, yeah. When you look at it, he's he's done. He's he's probably if you're given, I'd you'd know if you were given told that you could be in that place by the end of the race, you'd probably take it, wouldn't you? I don't think we could ever say, if you started at the back, you can make first. Maybe if you were Mercedes, you could. Yeah. I, th- I, I, th- I think, speaking to Vettel, saying, you know, would you want a guaranteed fourth, uh, fifth finish uh, after, you, you know, after qualifying? He, yeah, I think he would have taken that with two hands, wouldn't he? Exactly. Absolutely. Um but but I mean before we get into the other the, the issue of the race is not, not there was no safety car Canada normally guaranteed a safety car um, r- rain was potentially in the air sort of like maybe a tiny chance didn't happen but I mean what this race needed was a safety car at the wrong moment for the big teams kind of so to speak and or uh, you know uh, tw- even even twenty minutes half an hour mad dash or you know no big splash of rain yeah. But, but unfortunately, it didn't happen. No, no, it was just. I suppose we were kind of just waiting for everything, weren't we? Yeah, we were. I mean, there was action. There was action behind, I guess. But once again, apart from a couple of times, I can't help but feel the same problem at Barcelona. DRS, bit too good, really. Yes, down, that's what... down the back straight. I think I thought the DRS down the start finish straight was probably because it's quite short, just about right. I think they can build they they just build up far far too much speed don't they um and I think you you'd find that it was just you you're just standing still when they pass you yeah I mean for you uh, if you could vote on DRS being in in formula 1 for next year or not what would you vote for I'd still vote for it I just think the um, sort of maybe either a f- another DRS zone, but they're just all shorter. So more of them, but just shorter. So they're very quick, like surges. Okay. If that makes sense. So it's yeah. enough, like to me, it's enough to get you behind the car or alongside it. And then after that, it's about skill of outbreaking into the corner. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, like, like we've said before, like Martin Brundle, I think it said, it's enough to give you a chance to overtake, but you still have to make that overtake. Yeah. Rather, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I completely agree. I think that's the bit, that, that, that's that's fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Felipe Massa sixth, kind of like Vettel, one of another, you know, one of the stars of the race. Um, I thought he did a really good job. Excuse me, I'm burping my coke out now, but I thought he did a really good job again. Vettel? No, yeah, Vettel. Massa. Massa? Well, he he looked to be the one who was going through the field a lot better than Vettel. He did, didn't he? Yeah. And, you know, he probably, again... uh, Yeah, he, he... Given the Williams, and I'd say that the Ferrari was the better car... Yes. Um, you know, he, he did he did a good job of it. Yeah, and we all thought. I mean, there, there was we were thinking potentially that Williams may or may not uh, make Ferrari suffer a bit. Yeah, but they didn't. And I, th- I think maybe it'll be like that for other races. They've obviously got some pretty. Well, you saw in Monaco they were absolutely nowhere. Mont uh, in Canada they were a lot better, um, and. You know, it's probably going to be like that. They'll be on it some tracks and then be completely off it on others. True. So, next up, Pastor Maldonado, the Lotus. Do you want to start that one? <laughs> he did okay. He didn't do anything well, he finished. He finished. He finished. Well done. He didn't, get, he didn't get lapped. No, and that's about it, really. Apathy, I think, is the, the word for me for Pastor. I don't know about you. Mm. Um, He's done well. Yeah. In eighth, we have uh, the 2015 Le Mans winner, uh, Nico Hulkenberg. Yeah, considering that Force India seemed to be just 
dissing the car and saying things like, oh, it's not our, the car, you know, it's only a hybrid car, it's not our main challenger, you know, and all this stuff. Which has been delayed again until Silverstone, we were saying. Yes. Earlier today, yeah. Yeah. Which is a big shame. Um, uh, Daniel Kvyat in ninth for Red Bull. What a shocking Red Bull. I mean, well, we'll talk about Ricardo in a minute, but not a good race really for Red Bull at all. No. Again, after Monaco with Promise, we back come down here. the order again. Is it the Renault engine, though, do you think? Because even Danny Ricardo seemed to say, um, I think in the interviews leading up to the race, yeah, the engine's not great, but he even he said he seemed to think the chassis, uh, even when you look at the chassis, other teams like Ferrari, Mercedes, and other teams have basically caught up with Red Bull in terms of the aerodynamics and stuff and potentially surpassed them as well. Yeah. No, no, there's a lot There's a lot of... Uh, a lot to do with Renault, isn't it? A lot to do with Renault. Yeah. So, um, now, Roman Grosjean, uh, in the light of finishing, finishing 10th, had a issue with uh, Will Stevens. He did. How do you view that? Uh, <laughs> you've well, been there uh, yeah um, no, well completely Roman Grosjean's fault you know Will Stevens basically you know backed off enough and then uh, Grosjean hit him yeah and then and then Grosjean said, the, the funniest was a few you know half a minute afterwards we hear the radio message Grosjean saying he hit me he hit me and it's yeah. like did he <laughs> so um I, I can sum it up as Maldonado and Grosjean is a good pairing if you like that kind of stuff. But there you go. Yeah, the, <clears throat> he maybe un, maybe that's another DRS fault. You know, you you back you're going down the back straight. You you pass them. And you think, my God, I can't believe how quick my car is. You come towards the end of the straight, thinking, well, I must have cleared him ages ago because of the speed that I was catching him turning in. Oh no, he's there. And you've completely well, you have misjudged um, the speed of the car. Yeah, yeah, potentially, yeah. So, did, did but, he deserve the penalty? Well, he he ruined Will's race. Not that Will had much probably going for him, but um, you know, you've ruined someone's race, haven't you? So you got to, you can't just. I think you're right. I, yeah, I, and then come back out. I mean, look, he still scored points, you know. So true. And, and uh, that kind of the crash going into him, I mean, had it been, you know, the the wheel hitting, hitting, for example, uh, Will Stevens' wheel and ma- making one of them launch up in the air, it could have been quite a different scenario entirely, couldn't it, I guess? Uh, exactly. Or crushed it, or crashed him and pushed him against the wall and completely, oh, you oh, know, Yeah, that would have been horrible. Um, yeah, destroyed the car, so. No, uh, Perez in the Force Indy finishing 11th, uh, okay, I guess. Yeah, uneventful. Yeah, the same with Carlos Sainz. In 12th, but Daniel, Daniel Ricciardo, the winner last year, finishing a lap down behind his teammate in a Red Bull. Yeah. Uh, wow. Uh, how the mighty have fallen. Oh, I don't... I don't know. That, I mean, the engine, the, the engine isn't very good, is it? Let's be honest. It's, it's probably down on horsepower. No, but it's the same the engine team... as uh, the Toro Rosso, which beat him. Well, there is that. The, the yeah. team, the team's morale is probably rock bottom. Yes. Uh, there's not much going on for them at the moment. You know, Renault were pretty much saying, "Oh, we're going to pull out," and you know, you must be sitting there because I'd imagine they're actively looking, aren't they, for a new engine supplier? Well, there were those rumours um, about which they've now denied them having a Ferrari engine for next year. For next year, this is. Yeah. But well. They, but they flatly denied it at the moment. The more they slag off Renault, the more likely Renault's just going to pull out and pull out rather quickly. Yeah, it's a shame in a way because um, Renault were one of the people behind this whole turbo V6 engine idea, weren't they? Yeah. So they, I think if they pull out, they're definitely going to have quite a lot of egg on their face. Yeah, but... Uh, Given their history, I'm actually amazed they would want to pull out. I mean, I think they thrive on the fact that they're F1 engine champions for a number of years, been in there for a long time, haven't they? They're in other forms of motorsport, um, you know, and they're pulling out on the basis that they can't seem to develop a competitive engine and Red Bull keeps slagging them off. Yeah. 
True. Um, and I, I, I don't, the thing is, though, it's really quite bad. Red Bull, a team that has won four world championships within the last, you know, five years. Yeah. And now they, and obviously when it was all going hazy, everyone knew the Renault was a good engine, but it wasn't, you know, as fast as, for example, the Mercedes in terms of top end, top speed. But now, obviously, how, is it still a case? I know I've asked you before of Red Bull throwing their dummies out the plan, uh, pram, sorry, to a certain extent. Um, again, it's behind closed doors, though, don't you think? I mean, if Renault say something along the lines of. Don't worry, boys. We're, we're working on something, and then along they come to a Grand Prix, and then it just doesn't work. You 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 have every right to say, well, what was all that about? Yeah, yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, but I think well, you say but it's just done too. Doors. It's just done too much in the public domain, yes. I guess. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Um, uh, Marcus Ericsson, uh, Sauber fourteenth. Okay, uh, Max Verstappen, the Toro Rosso. Felipe Nazir and Will Stevens, obviously 16th, 17th, did not finish, obviously. Unfortunately, Roberto Murray. Now, let's get on to the team and the two people that finished last. Um, arguably, through no fault of their own, 19th, Jensen Button and 20th, Fernando Alonso. I have said how the mighty have fallen. Um, McLaren, arguably one of the god teams of Formula 1, potentially along with uh, Ferrari and Williams, when you look at the long term. Wow. Uh, this, for me, is their worst weekend this year, and that includes Australia. Yes. You think so? Well, now, again, I'm potentially I'm not really sure if the, my mind is playing tricks or the heat. Was this when the radio message came out? What, with Alonso to slow down? He said, we're driving like amateurs. Yeah, was that? Yes, that was his race. That was this race. Okay, so uh, it's all started to show, hasn't it? It did. Uh, obviously, he was quite happy after, but it, it does. I mean, can, can you blame him? I mean, he's just started the race. He's racing other people. He's getting past. You, you know, it, and, and it doesn't look too difficult for these people to pass, unfortunately. Yeah. And then suddenly they said, yeah, even though we've probably got, you know, 70% of the race still to go, can you now start to save fuel? Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's, it's like everything, isn't it? It's a bit like what we were going about with the um, the rules. McLaren, obviously, are, and Alonso are basically being told, you can't actually race. Don't bother racing. We need to get you to the end. Yeah. So we want you to just trail around and not really fight anyone cause, and just forget about it because we just <laughs> need you to get to the end. And you just think to yourself... That that's just poor, isn't it? Because everyone wants to race. They do, and you're being told that you can't race because there's just not enough fuel. Yeah, and obviously talking about fuel, so the question of refueling came along, and most teams said no. I think Ferrari may have come out recently and said yes, but I can't remember. What do you think about that? Do you, would you, would you be for refueling it in 2017? The only thing I would say about refueling is, wasn't it just a bit of a balls up when it came to actually refueling like they wouldn't get the nozzle on properly or um you know there'd be something like that and then they'd have to run quickly grab the reserve pump or something along those lines and it, it kind of ruined the sport didn't it to some extent it did i, I mean yeah because you'd have like a, a race going on and then just because of a silly refueling error you'd lose it and you think to yourself well you could do away with that and, and just keep it clean, as in just removing tyres. Um, but then at the same time, I suppose, maybe you start to look now and just think, do we need something now to add a bit of something to the to the sport? I mean, uh, refuelling would definitely basically say, you know, allow the teams to push harder if they knew they were going to do two to three stops, yeah. essentially. There is that. Yeah, and I know, obviously... You know, but even back in the 90s, I'm, I'm sure teams did do lift and coast to try and save a bit of fuel. You know, and, and even Martin Bondwell's come out and said, you know, we all did that. However, I don't think they did it to the extent that they're doing it now. I mean, Formula One's pretty much meant to be a sprint for an hour and a half. You know, you know balls out to the end. You yeah. Know, um, so we don't, we don't really, we can't really imagine these cars holding back to save fuel. Now, obviously, when you look at sports car racing like Le Mans, that's, okay, you do that, don't you? 
Yeah, you know, you know, to try and say, save a pit stop, but with this, no way. And no. I, and it's the it seems to be the complete opposite of what Formula One should be. Yeah, or it would be handy or nice to know that everyone would be in the same boat. So let's say, for example, Ferrari decide, you know what, let's just push the first twenty laps, no matter what, and then we'll start to back off towards, yeah. you know. And then we'll push at the end. McLaren decide. You tell you what, let's take it easy for the first twenty laps. Then we'll put. Do you know what I mean? And then Absolutely. you think. So then there could be this bit of, oh, you know, who's who's coasting, who's and who's putting on. But the problem is with McLaren, is I think they're pretty much coasting all the time. Coasting all the time. <laughs> they were only halfway in the race, weren't they, before they were told to start coasting? Yeah, less than that, I think. They were less than halfway in the race when when Alonso took took, took out that. Um, that radio message—it's it, it, really sad as a, as a McLaren fan. And the fact, and the fact is, uh, on our, on our preview for Canada, uh, you, we we said that they spent two tokens for reliability, but they yes. didn't finish the race. And then Alonso retires, and they say to Button, "Don't worry, uh, you know we're not worried about you. Yeah. Nothing related." Yeah. Then he retires with a similar-ish, if not the, it wasn't the same, but similar-ish failure. Mm. Yeah, yeah. What a joke. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, every every race we could be thinking it could be their time or, you know, are they planning another upgrade? But it's still it's still the engine, isn't it? The yeah. engine not working with the electronics or the engine not working with something. And, and that's causing things to fail. And, and it's either something new each race you know it's not it's not the same problem reoccurring and they're scratching their heads well, i suppose they're still scratching their heads all the time but it seems to be different problems and that's the worst thing isn't it when it's something new all the time exactly so it's like they're missing more than one jigsaw piece definitely yeah. um but there you go that is uh for better or worse that is uh <laughs> the, the uh, canadian grand prix so Canadian Grand Prix. Who is your man of the race, Alex? Um, I'm probably going to have to say uh, it's going to probably be Vettel. Your man of the race is Vettel. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say I was going to say Vettel, but to be different, I'll give Vettel uh, an absolutely special mention. I can't knock him as much as I probably would have done in the Red, <laughs> in the Red Bull days. I thought he. Did fantastic after the horrible Saturday. I'm going to go with Felipe Massa only because of that. I forgot on the Lotus that was it the Lotus. I forgot what car it was now. I think it was that fantastic passing movie. Did wheel wheel to wheel with that uh, with the other car. Actually, I I think I'll change my mind. Oh yeah, because and and the reason for that is pretty much they started at the back. Massa yes. made it through the traffic. I feel better. Okay. Um, didn't have the run in with the Red Bull. Yep. like Vettel, and probably had the 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 Ferrari was the better car, uh, but Massa made it ahead of Vettel. Oh, well, both going for Massa. So yeah, so wow. I, I, that's that's how I'd do it. Apologies for the confusion there. That's all right. No, no apologies. I'm I'm impressed. So from man of the race to news. What news? Well. Going quickly back to McLaren, Alonso has basically come out. Obviously, he's facing the 20 grid race penalty, but he's also come out and he's basically saying he's basically saying that he believes that McLaren should focus on Formula One 2016 now, and each race they should use as a test session, as in to try and get their car sorted for next year. Okay. I personally, I think that's a great idea, and I think McLaren can't really be any more embarrassed than they already are. And for example, at least. If they don't score like an amazing abundance of, point, of, of points, but if they get a car that can lap within a second of the Mercedes come the end of the season, I think a lot of people will view that as a success, points or otherwise. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, well, you're the McLaren fan. I, I think I think I think that's what they need to do. Um, so yeah, that, so they get, <clears throat> so they talking about a very large grid penalty um which quite honestly is going to involve them having various stop go penalties aren't they yeah ridiculous or really pit lane penalties because they can't they won't be able to 
recover, um, the, the drop down the grid will not be enough because, you know, if, let's say they, I don't know, qualify 18th or something, it, it, their penalty is still greater than if they fell at the back. Yeah. So they're going to have to probably take race penalties, aren't they? Yeah, and like the kind of like the Vettel thing qualifying, which you know, okay, he messed up in qualifying. He had another penalty because he did he pass him under a red flag, unfortunately, yeah. didn't he? Um, but but I mean, say like for example, you know, he got a penalty because he did he, he he you know had to change a thing in his engine and stuff, and and it's these kind of things that can completely ruin a race weekend, not for the team, but for the for the fans as well. I mean, even I mean, even before the weekend started. Imagine if, for example, that McLaren was able to beat the Mercedes, especially in Lonzo's hands, you know, or, or it was Vettel with the uh, with the penalty, knowing that maybe he had a chance in Austria. It, suddenly, the race, you know, half the race gets taken away, or potentially part of it before yeah. it even begins. And I, yeah, I think one these rules are need to really, really be really, really be sorted out. It's really confusing, I think, for the average fan that just tunes in on a tunes in on a Sunday afternoon to watch some racing and. Scratches his head, saying, "Bloody hell! Why is, why is, for example, Vettel at the back? Why is Alonso, despite starting at the back, having a penalty, having to do another stop go?" Yeah, I don't know. I th- and I'm not saying just because it's McLaren, because it's happened to pretty much every team at, w- at one point. I mean, I-, I specifically remember, which I disagreed with, the penalty that Michael Schumacher had um, in Spain. I think with Maldonado, with uh, I think it was Maldonado or one of the cars, and um, when when I thought it was a racing incident, and then he got pulled at Monaco and it got taken away from him. Yeah, remember? Yeah, which I thought I I did not agree with. I thought no, no, and and it's a it's a really a detriment to the sport. I don't think there's there's no winners in this scenario, in my opinion. I'm sorry no. to have a, get on my soapbox again, but yeah, no, that yeah, that's that's pretty much McLaren summed up that the rules are bad, everyone's boring. McLaren is bad, yes. are boring. I hate, I hate to agree with you, and I'm in physical pain agreeing, agreeing with you there, Alex. But yeah, you're yeah. right; they are bad. Yeah, and I think that's being polite at the moment. Yeah. But I still, still love the after race comments, and uh, this includes the likes, which was reported on the BBC. Fernando Alonso happy despite amateur jibe in Canada, and it basically <laughs> goes on to say that after every Grand Prix, he'll release a press release saying how happy he was to leave Ferrari, and that he does not regret it. <laughs> It, 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 you know what it reminds me of? You know when uh, you, you've got this friend that's broken up with his with his girlfriend and has a new girlfriend, but then he, then he continues to tell you how happy he is that he's, he's a, you know, he's broken up with his girlfriend and how much of a bitch his ex-girlfriend is, where sometimes you get the scenario where you secretly think maybe he still fancies the ex-girlfriend. Yeah. That, that's what it reminds me of, personally. Yeah. yeah. Um, here, after the race... I was talking to you four, uh, five years in third, four, fifth place. This was a lot of frustration. He said, to beat Mercedes, you need to do something unique and different. I believe in this project. All the things I see coming for the future make sense. The programme for developing the car is quite positive. Now, do you think he's seeing like a mystic Meg? I really... <laughs> yeah. And, and she's just basically just selling him some stories um, on the sly. Just yeah, to make a bit of cash. Absolutely. Everything's going to be all right, Alonso. Everything's going to be fine. Don't worry about it. I can see big changes coming in Austria. <laughs> well, it, it would be nice. I can't really see them coming in Austria. Um, you know, and the same with Silverstone, which is which is a fast circuit, not as arguably, you know, with big demands on the engine. The next couple of races. I think. I think really, we might even have to wait till Hungary until yeah. McLaren look like uh, they could potentially score. Score a point. Um, and everyone has said the McLaren chassis is quite good, but uh, I don't think we really had a chance, really, because of that Honda engine to find out. Yeah. So, um, and talking about Honda, Alex, uh, um, apparently Manor, Manor came out earlier this week saying that, you know, they, they, they'd be open to having Honda engines, but Honda basically have not spoken with anyone, uh, including, excuse me, including Manor. There you go. Could you turn around, could you turn that around and say, well, you can't really talk to anyone because they've got to sort their engine out. So, I mean, how how do you try and sell a product that clearly at the moment's not working? No, exactly. It's really difficult. Um, Manor, let's be honest, 
pretty much don't have to worry too much. They just look for a, a cheap deal. Otherwise, I think one, yeah. they would be with Mercedes, wouldn't they, if they could? But they just don't have the cash. But no, no they don't. Interestingly, I feel somewhat well. Somewhat interestingly, um, I've got. I completely forgot what I was going to say now. Uh, yep, with the whole Red Bull with Ferrari story, talking about engines. If yeah. Red Bull did sign with Ferrari, I cannot see Ferrari giving them. Uh, you, you know, the uh, A spec engines, for example, the same that's in uh, Vettel's and Raikkonen's car. Next yeah. Year. I mean, it, they'll be treated very much like a sample, wouldn't they? Yeah. Um, yeah. Did what was what was it with it, Mercedes and last year and McLaren? Well, the rumor always... was that they had the worst engines out of all of them, as in like what? the worst spec engines, supposedly. including Force India. Including Force India. That was the rumor. Okay. According to sources, but you know, I mean, how much taking with a pinch of salt, etc. Having said that, it, I mean, Force India were better than McLaren at the beginning of last season, and it really yeah. was only the, the, I think, McLaren developing their chassis, etc., and everything but the engine come the end of the year that it was uh, made them able to beat Force India. So yeah. there, there could have been some truth in that rumor. But but there you go. I mean, other than that, I think that's pretty much pretty much the news. Not too much today, is there? No, I mean Hulkenberg won Le Mans. Fantastic! Well, takes weekend off. F one wins Le Mans. Brilliant. Does uh, massive congratulations to the Porsche team and Hulkenberg. Yeah, nothing, nothing too much. To, obviously, you know, it's a bit of fame for him. Um, it shows that he's a winner, and maybe his talent slightly wasted in Force India. Maybe it doesn't. And interesting, I think now he's won Le Mans. He's kind of almost got. Legit, almost legitimately now, has another place to go if F one's not for him. Yeah, you, you know, and he's almost got a bargaining tool. So, for example, if Force India are umming and ahhing about about whether whether to sign him again or for he, he can always say, "Well, I can go to Le Mans then." You know, no, I can go to a race like you know Porsche and LMP one or something or WC. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's kind of I can't help but feel he feel that's helped him to it almost has given him a bargaining chip maybe. Yeah, for his upcoming contract. Um. But I personally would like to see Hulkenberg in a Ferrari in 2017 if Reichen decides to leave after next year. It would be yeah. a little German team, so maybe not great for marketing. But No, but you know he's always kind of there when it comes to negotiations, uh, isn't he? He's kind of like the nearly man, you know? I mean, yeah. I, I don't really want to. I don't really want to compare him with, with with Panis or people like that. But I can't help but feel that he's one of these people that may or may not have just won one race or it nearly happened for them. But we never really got to see the true potential in the top team. Yeah, you know. And I kind of felt the same with John Alesi. He was always that one step below a top team. I mean, he he'd missed out on Ferrari's best years by getting being there too early. Yeah, John Todd had a ride, and then he missed out on Benetton's best years by being there too late. Yeah, almost. You know, he yeah. kind of missed out, and it's such a shame. It would have been really interesting to see how good, for example, John Lacey would have done. Because in his first few races, he was he was up there. He was fighting for you know Ayrton Senna in a lesser powered car. Yeah. Um. And and I, I honestly think he, I don't know whether he would have won a world championship, but I think in the right car, he he potentially could have fought for one and been a contender. Definitely. Yeah, I I think he or oh, he's someone who. When it comes to contract negotiations, yeah, he's someone who doesn't appear. His contract always seems to be completely opposite to yes. everyone else. So, say at the end of this year, three quarters of the grid or those at the top, let's say for example, yeah, um, have contracts up for renewal, but he doesn't, so he can't go anywhere. So that means all the top places go, and he's stuck at Force India. And then when his contract's then released all the big teams have signed their drivers. So he's always... Yes, he's like... Yeah, yeah, the opposite. Old, yeah. He's that. always in the wrong place when the music stops. He doesn't have a chance kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because he's never... He's a bit like... I don't know. He's a bit like maybe... I'm trying to think of other previous drivers <laughs> who bit like that. There's sort of the odds maybe Perez or some... Not Perez. Panis or someone like that. Yeah. Some, you know, who was sort of there and you always thought oh he could do it and then you know he he it just didn't happen for him 
No, exactly. Yeah, other than Panis, I think getting on the podium a couple of times, and that obviously the Monaco Grand Prix, yeah. which was very good driving and a lot of luck and quite a bit of luck with you know, certain people going out. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, uh, I completely agree. So. Yeah. But, but there we go. Onward then, onward to um, the Austrian Grand Prix. Uh, it was an okay race last time out. Uh, last time out, last year, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, obviously, obviously, Nico Rosberg won. It having said that, um, on the by the numbers, I always use the BBC website. By the way, anyone wanting to know to look at this um, key facts: the, the first Austrian Grand Prix was in 1964. Obviously, a very different circuit then, and a circuit almost as renowned as the Nurburgring. When look back and in terms of the challenge, a lot of people thought um, the circuit distance is four point three two six kilometers. Lap record a one oh eight point three three seven seconds. Alex, who do you think has the lap record? Rubens. Oh no! Uh, one more shot. It was close. Michael. Yes. Uh, Have a guess what year? Two thousand and four. Oh, if I no. All right. Go on then. Two thousand three. Uh, so, uh, so close. It's easy. I've got it. I've got it all in front of me. Yeah, that's true. It was a one hundred eight point three three seven. So really, it's very the shortest lap. lap yeah, the shortest lap time of the year, isn't it? Yeah. Um. I. I mean, that's pretty much. I think if Formula One went to Brands Hatch, that's pretty. Or, or even Donington, that's probably the you know the one minute ten second mark. I think is the you know about what we'd get. Brands Hatch might even be under one minute. I imagine. Yeah, the current Formula One cars, but there you go. Um, Seventy-one laps, so which means potentially a lot of overtaking. I mean, uh, uh, more than sixty percent of Austrian males are overweight or obese. I didn't know that. Six sixty percent of Austrians, may apparently so. Oh, that wow. was done by the Who study in twenty thirteen. Austrian three-time champ Nicky Lauda had his own airline, Lauda Air, after retiring from F one. Yeah, and, a, and occasionally captain commercial flights. Yes. The race takes place. I have flown on Louder Air to Australia. Have you? Talk to me. Was it good? Uh, I don't believe he was piloting the plane at the time. Um, Stopped over in Austria on the way, uh, then Malaysia, and then it was one of those, almost, I suppose it was a multi-stop. I think it was UK to Austria, Austria to Malaysia, Malaysia to Sydney, Sydney to Melbourne. Oh, wow. So, which is, when you think about it, quite a long trip. Was it for the Grand Prix in Melbourne? Mm, no, but I did walk the, um, I did walk the track. Was it, is it good? Uh, it's, it's very... The, the, the television seemed to paint it as a very wide track, but actually, up close, it's uh, very, very narrow. Oh, OK. Hmm. Albert Park. See, I, I, do you prefer Albert Park or Adelaide? Talking about Melbourne quickly. Uh, I'd take bits of both, I think, now looking at it. I don't think I could... There's not one that stands out for me. No, I, I really like I really like um, the first sector in uh, Melbourne, and I really like that really quick that really quick chicane. Yeah. Uh, but in Adelaide, one of my favourite bits is that long straight onto the hairpin. I really like that as well. In a, yeah, in a, see, if way. I was really racing on it for real, it would probably be quite a bumpy track, wouldn't it? Because it's a street yeah, circuit. Yeah. That's true, that's true. Um, but the race takes place in the region of Styria, the birthplace of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Wow. I know. Most wins by team. Who do you think's got the most wins there? Uh, are you going to be correct? Pressure's on. Uh, probably Ferrari. Oh, close. Oh, Jesus. So good. Uh, McLaren have got Mc- six. McLaren. Ferrari yeah. got five. Lotus okay. are the next best with four. Lotus? Well, that's probably back in the day then. Yeah, yeah, that Conan Chapman's day. Yeah. With the, uh, with the old Australia. But I, I, I can't help but feel, yeah, but I can't help but feel Michael Schumacher's got um, uh, a couple of wins here. In two th- do you remember 2002? When uh, I believe Barrichello was leading, but something happened at the last, at the la- you know, at the start of finish straight. Do you remember? Um, oh, my amnesia's coming back again. <laughs> I hate it when that happens, Alex. Yeah, it always seems to happen. I assume it was a, a, a quite an important moment in Formula One history because you've obviously brought it up, but I can't recall it. 
Right. Well, what happened is um, Barrichello slowed down after pretty much leading the race most of the way and right. let Michael Schumacher win. But obviously okay. that doesn't ring a bell at all, no? No, but why are you? Why do we assume you were slowing? Would it was it a car mechanical? Was it probably? Yeah, it would have been mechanical. <laughs> okay, we'll leave I would it. imagine it would have been mechanical based because <laughs> I don't think that would have ever happened. Okay, uh, as I snort away, um, I'll leave it there. I'll leave it there. Um... So, predictions, Alex. Predictions. Predictions. Uh, let me see. Let me see. I, I, I can't. I can't think of the points now. Um, uh, I think. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think who picked what. Lewis, Raikkonen, okay. and Button. I, I. I can tell you what from the last race. Yeah. Okay, so last race you picked Hamilton. Yep. Raikkonen and Button okay, and Hamilton fastest lap. Okay. I picked Hamilton Vettel Rosberg Hamilton fastest lap. So we both got twenty five. We both got twenty five points. We both got twenty five. Wow, so that means you are on um ninety eight points. That's correct, that's correct. Okay, and I I don't know what I'm on. Uh, one hundred eighty nine. One hundred eighty nine. So it's 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 still all even Stevens. No one's no one's won that. Yeah, we are very much even Stevens. Yes. So predictions for this race. Um, I'll go first then because it was evens. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go. Lewis. Hamilton. Hmm. Vettel Raikkonen. Wow. Fastest lap. Uh, Hamilton. Uh, oh, um, Massa. Wow! Did you just pull that name out of the air? Did you? Yes, yeah, I did. Okay. Um, okay, I'm going to go with Hamilton, Rosberg, Vettel. Oh, yeah, that's about as safe as you get, isn't it? But you need the points, Alex. You need the points. Again. I know. I know. Oh, who's the fastest lap? Fastest lap, let's go with... It's just going to have to be a, a Mercedes, so I'll just go with Hamilton. Okay, Hamilton. I, I know, it's simple, it's simple. But you would love nothing more than for us talking about Fry 1-2 come the end of Austria, wouldn't you? Yes, obviously. Absolutely. So, But there we go, there's our, there's our predictions. Moving on, we we I tell you what we've E3's happened in terms of the gaming. We played a lot. We played a lot of Project Cars. Patch one point four has hit on Project Cars. No further news on Jetta Corsa. A tiny bit of news of F one twenty fifteen. What should we talk about first? Let's let's get F one twenty fifteen out of the way because okay. um, we can skip through that quite quick. Yes, we can. And why can we skip through it very quickly? Well, there's not much really, is there? Because there's not much exactly. I mean, we've we've both seen footage. Footage from, we believe, E3. We believe E3, using a handheld camera, essentially. So it's not not the best footage in the world. We're basically filming a TV screen rather than having a, you know, proper in-game footage, let's say. I felt, obviously, the visuals do look a step up from F1 2014. Definitely. However... I can't help but feel... Monaco looked real... For me, Monaco looked really, really impressive. But some of the tracks that I've seen, I can't... They don't... I can't help but feel they don't seem next-gen enough. I know that sounds a bit silly. Yeah. No, no. You, you are... Yeah, it's... Uh, to me, having briefly looked at it, they, the rain... The rain model seems to have been uh, worked on. Yeah. Uh, slightly. Um, and it looks to be a bit more impressive... But to me, okay, we've not seen an exact direct copy onto you know onto the screen. We've seen it recorded from a video. It, like you say, you could possibly say which format is this, and you would probably struggle to say PS4. Yeah, I, th- I think I think you were. We didn't see the controller or anything like that, so it could have even been PC. I hope it wasn't. <laughs> Yeah. And that might make it even worse if it's a high-end PC um, to, the, to, to the consoles. I mean, we didn't... Uh, 
the the the, the gamepad. Uh, I think that they were using the gamepad in some of them. Some of them they were using the steering wheel, but the steering looked a tiny bit more smoother than, for example, the Singapore early early edition we saw earlier this year. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, I mean, I, I was taught. I mentioned obviously they've gone through all the achievements, and there doesn't seem to be a co-op championship achievement, which is somewhat concerning because that's one of the reasons why, for example, you and I were going to get the game. Yeah. Um, which is well, along with the career mode. That's almost like a that's like the second the second out of three potential strikes for F one. I mean, in I mean, you and I were even talking about you were talking about whether you even get the game or not. And normally, I get every F one game on the launch day. And even I was thinking, well, I've got Project Cars. If they kind of sort that one out, more than that in a minute, uh, do I really need F one now? They, they've taken away the the career, which is the reason why I play it on my own. Yeah. And they've now taken away the co-op championship, which is probably the reason I would have played it, obviously, you know, with yourself. Yeah. What reason yeah. do I have to play it now, other than it's an F1 game? Well, had we not got Project Cars... Yeah. Then uh, there'd be no doubt for me about Absolutely. purchasing it. Absolutely. But, I mean, they're competing. I mean, there wasn't, a, I, I, there wasn't a Gran Turismo announced, obviously, for E3, which I was quite surprised with. I thought they would. But yeah, and with yeah. the set of course announced and potentially coming out next year, even yeah, yeah. I, I doubt it, but you, but but you never know. And there will be a Gran Turismo coming out. Uh, well, this, 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 it has competition, even on even like Forza Six has been announced for the Xbox, and that has weather now, night and day, night and day cycles and stuff, and, and and looks quite nice. No, it's not an F one, but it is a racing game. And the thing with Project Cars and Forza, and when Gran Turismo is eventually announced. They offer varieties of something which F1 does not have. Yeah. And so F1 needs to be the best it can be at F1. And the and, and the, the big issue I have is it's, it almost feels like half a game compared to the previous ones with, with the options you've got. Bear in mind, yeah. I haven't played it yet. Yeah, or the amount of time that they've had to listen to fans and uh, in a, and working on a game. Um, it's just... There's just things missing, you know. They, they, you people ask for a safety car, or people ask for commentary or podium celebrations to come in, and then they remove something else which people didn't want removing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I remember with the big hoo-ha when they initially removed some of the practice sessions, for example. Um, yeah. Enough, which people were just scratching their head saying why. Yeah. And it didn't make any sense. And they said people don't use them. As yeah. Much, you know, which is probably true. Um, for example, when Grid um, when Grid Two came out, which ended up getting quite bad review, reviews by a lot of the hardcore fans, there wasn't a cockpit review, which they said people don't really use the cockpit review. But this is the casual people. Um, I don't, I, you know, and they and they, they they take something out, and it's the hardcore people that are going to be potentially buying your potential DLC. Yeah. It's the hardcore people that are, are going to get the casuals excited about it by talking to their friends. Yeah. I think as well, and and Codemasters. I think very quickly forget their fans. I mean, it's a, it's a sad day, Alex. That we the first proper footage we see of this game in action is YouTube videos from other people filming filming their experiences at E3, and no, not any official video from Codemasters themselves. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. still struggling with that. I don't, and it's even now it, we, we worked out. It's you know, give or take a month away. Yeah. Yeah, I just, um, as I was saying to you earlier, um, it's something that I'll probably get, but I'm not overly um, too bothered by it, to be honest. So, no, I mean, I I think if you and I are enjoying Project Cars enough, I mean, I I might get it. I probably would get it on on a release date, but uh, I I wouldn't be surprised if if we both don't, if we both don't have it within the first, within the first month. I mean, I mean, you know. It might be a case of, you know, one of us picks it up once it's been reduced and been out for four or five months. Yeah. Uh, but, and slightly moving on to Project Cars, uh, for me, we need to see what happens with Project Cars in the next month in regards to updates. Yeah. Um, because, you know, if we're going to talk about Project Cars... Yeah, let's. Um, We've we're still struggling with a few issues that are slightly spoiling 10th the of July, sorry, Alex, game. Tenth of July, it's out in England. Tenth of July. So yeah, they've got less than a month now. So you, okay. That kind of, it's three weeks this Friday. 
Okay. That makes it even worse, doesn't it? Yeah. But anyway, sorry, carry on. Um, <clears throat> so, um, Project Cars, we have a, uh, a game which has spent many years in development, and we've now been playing for, I don't know, a month? Came out in May, so yeah, a month and about a month and a week, pretty much. About a month and a week, and in that time, we've had um, uh, one. We've had uh, a patch update, one point four currently, yep. and it's relatively a small update, I think. Really, in yeah. My... In terms of what I mean, was it about five gig the actual size? It was. It was a. I forgot how big it was. It wasn't small. Or 500, 500 meg. meg. Yeah, oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, it wasn't 5 gig. What am I talking about? 500 meg. So, so it's, a me, it's not like a 2 megabyte patch or anything like that, but it's a small, averagely small, let's say, size. Yeah. It didn't, it didn't do that much, really. I mean, I have not. And it did change stuff, you know, when you look at the list, but I don't think either of us have really noticed the changes in what we do on our multiplayer. Um, I think off, off the top of my head... I know it's changed a few things with it comes to like ent- entering a pit lane at one of the tracks is now easier. Yes. And um but these things I haven't tried out but the only ones that I have tried that can immediately come to notice um and I think you can back me up is they've slightly changed the way that the old Lotus F1 yes, cars that's drive. True, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. They're a bit yeah. more dry. I mean I mean we had a I mean I think we ended up racing them for a good few hours and had a quite fun quite a lot of fun with them didn't we yeah so uh, it was one of those you can't you know if we were doing something with our with the online with our friends and say oh you know you should try this you should try this lotus out it would be something where you'd have to say actually tell you what we'll um, we'll can you try it out and we'll come back to you in an hour or so probably yeah you're probably right to be honest because you can't just hop in the car and especially if you're a bit of a novice on the game and just expect to drive it no, but that's a, but that's a, a, that's almost also a compliment to the game on how different the cars are. Yeah, in a, and it's in not, a way, yeah, exactly. It's not an arcade; you can just drive in and just belt around a track. It's and in these cars in particular, it's all about feathering. Yeah, it's not a case of this car slightly slower than the other one, so you might have to break it on. It's almost like with the Lotuses and some, it's a completely different driving style. For example, by using the Lotus to even using the Formula B car, and then yeah. to even using, for example, you know, the McLaren or the BMW GT3 cars. Yeah, all completely different animals. Yeah, uh, and you, I think, I think on the whole, over the first month, you've probably been beating me a lot more. Down pretty much down to your consistency, I think, and, and the fact that um, uh, you make less mistakes. So, so yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to bow to you. As of as of Thursday, the 18th of June, 2015, Alex is better than me at Project Cars. So that might change, though, next month. You never know. But it's close. Before before I think you went, I, I admitted to the whole world that you are better than me at Project Cars, as it stands at the moment. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, that's, that, that's OK. Um, and also, before, before the internet fails again, let's quickly mention the, uh, the DLC cars. Fantastic. Yes, four, uh, four, four new cars, yeah, the, BMW. The McLaren, well, long tail they're calling it, the one that won Le Mans in 1995. There was the BMW, Bentley yeah. Speed 8, the Bentley GT3. Yeah. Um, and the Bentley, was it the Bentley Speed Speed 8? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. The one that won Le Mans. Yeah. Years back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I thought, I, yeah, I thought, and it was a, about two eighty nine or something like that, less than three pounds. So. Yeah, you can't can't really go wrong. No, I mean that's less than a copy of F one racing for like exactly. cars that you potentially will be playing with for like you know two years down the road. A cup so. of coffee. Yes, and and obviously they've got on their website about tracks. What tracks did we vote for again? We vote for they split it into historic and current tracks. Yes, we've recently there was a poll whether or not it's it's potentially going towards the where they'll actually create them or whether or not it's just a reg, regular pole. But we had uh, current, almost like tracks, and we had historic tracks. That's the one. We picked Interlagos for current yep. and the old Hockenheim for uh, the old. Yeah, for the historic one. Uh, yeah. I love I love the old Hockenheim. I mean, even 
I think even driving in, in Formula B or even Formula C or supercars, if you say so which, which is somewhat amusing. I, I mean, that the, the old Hockenheim is, is good for those cars. I think it's good for the LMP cars and the GT cars as well. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, uh, so, so I'd, I'd love that. And, and Brazil, I think, is a fantastic track. As long as they don't make it, it's not too bumpy for the cars, which is my only fear. But I, th- I think that's a fantastic track to race. Uh, it's one of those tracks that I think is... It's easy. It's easy to remember. It's easy to be quick around there, but it's quite difficult to master. Yeah. So. Yeah. But 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 there you go. So uh, I think I think unfortunately that's pretty much about it in terms of uh, in terms of updates and everything. And uh, roll on the Austrian Grand Prix. Yeah. Um, just quickly off the top of my head, there's rumours that a circuit from New Zealand will be being uh, added oh. to Project Cars. Um, and we're still waiting on our free car, aren't we? For June, uh, and yeah, we're over halfway through. Yeah, which supposedly is going to be an Audi A1, so it's nothing that exciting. No, but hey, it's free, so... Exactly. There you go. Okay, well, uh, I guess we'll see you later, boys and girls. See you later. Weber has food poisoning and goes beyond the call of duty.